0: The theater, the theater. Sing it out, Louise!
1: Theater, theater.
2: doing what's up man what's up <laughs> oh it's
0: so good to see your faces and on this day of birth that day. Is... <laughs> cj was born today today yes, this
3: very day today she was born. years ago wow. oh, she it was
1: 38 years ago today an epic right. journey
3: an epic journey <laughs> an epic my favorite journey. birthday story is <sighs> I was my parents' second child, and they had my my mom had my brother really, really fast, like barely made it to the hospital. So when she knew she was in labor in the morning, they they drove up to the hospital, and they got there, and I wasn't born until like seven o'clock at night. And the doctor was like, you are in labor, but you're not going to give birth for a while. So go out and do some other things. And, oh, I think I talked about this when we covered everything everywhere all at once. Okay. My parents saw Indiana Jones Temple of Doom while my yes. mother was in labor. I remember
0: this. Okay. Amazing.
1: Oh Amazing. <laughs> I mean, why not? That's a great yeah, way to uh, do yeah. it. Yeah. did it right. It's Absolutely.
3: That's <laughs> so why I love Indiana Jones and came that... to week one.
0: That's why, exactly. Well, <laughs> CJ, happy birthday! Yes. I'm happy. so happy you were born so that we can collaborate and make podcasts and be buddies here. and and drink and do drugs and you know. <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, well, down we're down. straight edge on this podcast, actually. Yeah, that we are. We are
3: so sober. We are okay. you? <laughs> lie. Why? why yeah. did you lies, that? lies.
2: Well,
0: speaking of birth, um. What I know that's a bad transition, but it there really a, is.
4: There but I know is, what you're talking.
0: I know there's a <laughs> sadness to this week as well that we're recording. There was a death in the family yeah. of of theater people. Um, we lost Olivia Newton-John this week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a
4: huge, right now.
0: huge loss, especially because.
4: <laughs> oh, where to hide? Yeah. That's the best. oh, that part <laughs> is just every time it's like, boom, yeah. and then. Right
1: <laughs>
2: now
0: there is. <laughs> like, oh. she's she's a powerhouse i've always loved olivia newton john
1: yeah i mean she was so One of my lovable. like you yeah. know what i mean when when the world got introduced to her oh yeah yeah
0: i had yeah. just watched xanadu maybe maybe a month ago with pam Mm-hmm. Special guest Pam, Pam. Uh, who writes all of our songs. <laughs> she and I just put it on because I was just kind of like, oh, that's a movie I haven't seen since I was a kid. Let's rewatch. <laughs> and we did. I don't know why. It was <laughs> fun. But. I, that's a huge loss i don't know especially just thinking about she's not that old she's no. what
3: 73 so. yeah. she was
1: 73 and she'd been fighting cancer for a very oh, long time. time like almost long. a decade i think yes.
3: yeah fuck and up cancer and
1: fuck so, it. yeah but yeah. like yeah. still
0: looked great and like yeah. still like you know looked healthy even in still the depths of it and just was an amazing soul that's what mm-hmm. everybody sort of always said working mm-hmm. with her you know Um, Um, And I just want
1: to do a shout out to the other movie that she made with John Travolta, Two of a Kind, which she made a couple years later, which is a mess, (laughs) but... Uh, on Twitter the other day, uh, Questlove was was just, you know, giving his rest in peace to her. And he was like, I got to watch Two of a Kind again. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, we've all forgotten that movie. And it's so bad and it's good. Like, it was just a miss. It was like, Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, let's put them together again. Package it. And it just did not. Wow. But if you ever get a chance. This oh, doesn't
0: look like oh, it was very good. No, no. no no no, it's I'm just uh, looking at like it's upset a set photos it's and, a mess <laughs>
1: yeah um but yeah uh, so, but, and uh, also
3: Greece too even though she wasn't in it she wasn't okay in yeah. <laughs> not in that one
1: but yeah that's true but michelle, michelle pfeiffer, pfeiffer yeah right
0: i actually i stand right. Greece too we could talk about it
1: um all day speaking of
0: Greece, uh, a musical that um we all have opinions on and have probably talked about on this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. That was a bad segue, but I'm doing my best. I'm yeah, trying to get expected. No, back to the great. You're, 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 you're uh, doing great. you're doing great, honey. Thank you. I mm-hmm. needed that. Thank you. No, w- <laughs> welcome all. Welcome to Theatre Theatre, the theatre podcast for theatre nerds made by three theatre makers from the L.A. theatre scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham.
3: I'm C.J. Merriman. And
0: I'm Scott Leggett. And each week we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights by taking a macro look at three of their plays. And this is part one of two of our miniseries covering the works of Jonathan... Larson, uh, not necessarily a playwright, but we have covered Lin Manuel Miranda, we've covered Sondheim, so he totally fits. Oh, we covered R&H, so yeah. absolutely in this canon of people. And uh, this is Pod Podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <exclamation Right. point. laughs> Perfect. Oh Perfect.
0: I love that. A
1: podcast.
0: and this week you've already heard her voice the incredible voice that is hers uh we are joined by a phenomenal guest a, a a budding director a seasoned actor a dramaturg classically trained vocalist and the associate artistic director of one of my favorite theaters in los angeles here here Celebration Theater. Classy um, bench. Yes. Um, this is Brittany Wheeler, y'all. Yeah. Everybody. Hey, Brittany. Yeah. Thank you
4: guys for having me on. Seriously, really, really sweet of you guys to have me. I'm, oh. I'm such a redhead, and I'm so glad to be here. We We've been
0: talking about you getting on the pod for a long A
4: long time. time. <laughs>
0: Like, maybe since the genesis of the podcast, we've been like, okay, and then Brittany Wheeler will be on this season, and then we just never made it work. And we never, finally, we were like, okay, cool. I love it. We made it happen. You said, I would love to cover Larson and we were like, oh, okay, yeah, we gotta do Larson. Tick tick boom just came out. Mm-hmm. Let's go for it. So this is perfect timing. I'm yeah, buddy. Super pumped to have you here. How how are you? How are things right now for you?
4: Oh my gosh. This world is insane. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will say, as you know. But um I am trying to get myself back out there to audition. I got some new headshots. I'm like, I'm gonna do it. Yes. I'm trying to get all, get all ready and get my, you know, going to take classes and I'm going to, I'm just going to do it again. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do everything again and try again and see what happens and uh, kind of go for the, the gigs I normally would never, ever go for. And,
2: yeah. um,
4: you know, just seeing what happens, see what yeah. happens and yeah. stop being so careful. Right. No Day like But that. Today. That's yeah. well No <laughs> Day But
0: Today. I was going to have to say, Larson probably would absolutely approve of that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to be covering um, his two major works, basically. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about his other things that he worked on. But, but this week specifically, we're going to be talking about Tick, Tick, Boom. And then next week we're going to cover rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, get pumped about rent. That's a big episode. I know a lot of people are probably really pumped about, but with the, you know, with the new Netflix tick tick boom movie, I think this is a, a, a topic that people are, are, are discussing right now. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, there's a few things we like to do here just so we understand where we're headed before we actually start discussing the work. Mm-hmm. So before we learn about Larson, I want to understand all of our contexts with Larson. So Brittany, I know you have a very interesting context with Jonathan Larson. So mm-hmm. I actually want to end with you. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. absolutely. So I'll go first. Mine is very, very quick. I knew nothing about him until I saw the movie rent.
3: Mm. In high school. Wow. What year was that?
0: Oh, gosh. 2000.
4: Uh, oh, seven or something.
0: Seven?
1: I don't think Seven ish.
4: Something
3: like that. I, I guess I should that. have looked that
0: up, yeah. but I was. Uh...
4: I just
3: watched it over the weekend for the first time. But... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 2005. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was 2005. So
3: I'm okay. 15.
4: Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah.
0: 15 years old, and I go see this movie with a huge group of theater friends. And I'm bawling the whole movie. Mm. Okay, now I'm 15. Yeah, he does that. that, Yeah, yeah. And it's, and I'm just like, I couldn't believe what I had just seen. It was the first time a lot of these ideas were being put in front of me, if you want the truth. Sure. And I, as a Kansas teen, right? And I just, I walked out, like, pumped. I was like, y'all, best movie of all time, best movie of all time. And every single person with me went... (laughs) No, Bailey, that was garbage. And I just,
2: yeah, I
0: I don't know what it was. It was like the moment I realized I was different than all of my friends. (laughs) Um, And so I would listen to that soundtrack all the time. One of the first songs I learned, I I taught myself on guitar uh, later in high school was one song, Glory. Like Uh I just, I was really deep into it. And (laughs) then my senior year, we did, we would do this thing called Showstoppers where we would do like six or seven numbers from giant musicals we knew we would never get to do. Uh, it was fun. that kind of, so we did like newsies and we did, you know, things like that. But so we did rent my senior year as one of them. Uh. Uh, we chose four each year. And so that was one of them. And I got to do um, Roger
4: and oh, it was a blast.
0: Funny. It was super fun. Uh, but then after that, I found tick tick and Ooh would listen to the Raul Esperanza, uh soundtrack on loop.
4: Same.
0: Uh, the Spangler and all them. They It just, it was, that was the first time that I actually felt like, oh, I, I need to connect to this, this creator and not necessarily like Rent. And I fell actually more in love with Tick, Tick, Boom. And we'll get into that later. But that's really my whole context. Like, I don't really have anything else. I've seen... 10 per, 10 different productions of rent.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, sure, sure. And
0: one production of a three-person tick-tick. Oh, and that's cool. it. Um and it was in a basement in Kansas City. <gasps> which are my favorite types <gasps> of stories. That's yeah. Fun. Uh but CJ, what is your Larson context?
3: <laughs> Rent was probably the lame is of my junior high years. Okay. Like, We went to the Fabulous Fox in St. Louis to see it. My parents would take us to whatever major tour was going through. So I was like 12 or 13 by the time. And it was just a couple of years after Rent was hit Broadway. And they took me and my singing teacher who was like, oh, this was the musical that they made about La Boheme. And then this was the one time that my parents didn't buy the soundtrack ahead of time and have the entire family listen to it and kind of like you Bailey like it was the first time especially at that age where i mean because where i'm from if if anybody is is queer or anything they don't fucking talk about it cuz it's dangerous where i'm from right and so to Same. see that up on stage out and proud was a revelation for me but I also remember my parents thinking, like I could tell my parents were like, I can't believe we took our teenage daughter to this. And <laughs> I was sitting in the audience thinking, I can't believe my ba- my parents brought me to this. <laughs> so Rent was huge for me. And then after that, brought the, bought the soundtrack and, and memorized it and loved it. And then my senior year, when we graduated from high school, since I was the only person that could sing for miles and miles I was the one that made the quote we <laughs> sang seasons of love at of my course. high school graduation of course. I made it happen but I didn't know I didn't know tick- tick boom at all I had heard it quite a bit and now like in the last three or four months I've definitely familiarized myself with it but for me Larson has been all rent mm. all rent
1: sky Scott. Scott. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, I really my only familiarity with Larson was Rent and it was um very much imposed on me mm. and very much um misrepresented by the time that I got to listen to the recording of it. Right. Um You've I talked had, about this. This is yeah. actually interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I always well and then I had a girlfriend who basically only played Lamez in Rent period. Like that was all oh, that was no. played. Tough. Including, oh, including during, um, coitus. So when no! that, so when the breakup came, no. then Rent became very much, uh, no, no. a trauma point. A, a Freudian, uh, Trigger PTSD thing for me. I understand. Um, um, I've seen productions of it and liked it. And then, um, I had a friend of mine who I'd gone to college with who's in New York who knew him. And so the first word about him that really outside of New York became aware of it all was when he passed. Like he he wasn't it was rent wasn't anything yet. Um, And uh, neither was his other stuff. So, yeah. uh, And then when Tick, Tick, Boom came out, I kind of made a point to go back and I, I rewatched the movie. I re listened to the soundtrack. Like I said, I've seen uh, three or four productions of it. Um, one or two I I liked, and um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm not deep. I'm not deep in into Larson, but Brittany.
4: Yeah.
1: Tell us. Tell us How yours. Thank you.
4: Um, so I didn't really. I had only heard songs here and there. Um, Since I was very small, I had only heard Seasons of Love, so it's almost on a a continuous loop whenever uh, it comes up with me and my parents. It's a uh, a song that's really, really dear to all, to the three of us. It's very special. Um, I had only heard at first Seasons of Love, like I mentioned, but then for Tick, Tick, Boom, I devoured it yeah um and i don't even remember if i was exposed to rent first or tick tick boom first because that's how much um how the the two pieces were so uh they were almost i mean it's his two main pieces but to me they were so special um and the first time i heard his version of sunday in tick tick boom Mm. that was the first time i had heard sunday ever. Yeah, same. So I didn't realize that it was actually a, a, an amazing, and an homage, amazing sp- an, um, homage yeah. an amazing spoof of Sunday. And when I first heard Sunday, of course, you know, Sondheim, him being a Sondheim himself. um, it, I said, Wait a minute, which came first. So of course, that <laughs> then that one, I went down the rabbit hole. But I've done uh, the same track in Rent twice. Oh. And I have never been able to see a production of Tick Tick Boom. I just have devoured the Raúl, the Raúl Esparza, yeah. uh, Spangler version. And Come to Your Senses has is probably top ten favorite <sighs> songs of all time. Mm. By I just any got kills
0: just by you saying the title. <laughs>
4: just it, it is just a powerful. I mean, how, who hasn't been there? You know, in in that kind of a situation and. But all of that is to say, um, Larson is a really, other than Sondheim, probably my absolute favorite composer, and I just feel like we have missed out on so much uh, yeah. because he's not here. Yeah, um, no, that's my goodness. My
1: takes yeah,
2: yeah, what yeah. he has
4: given us to work with is is epic, yeah. and you know a lot of people don't like his his work and stuff like that, but I think. Um, I think Tick, Tick, Boom has a very, very special place in musical theater canon. It should. If it doesn't already, it should. And hopefully the movie will help with that. But um, there's some powerful stuff there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about the movie a little bit with y'all, too, because I, I have some opinions on how I think it diminishes what the original musical is in some ways, while also giving the original musical a whole new voice and platform so it's it's difficult for me yeah no it's yeah it's
1: it's it's, um generally i really like the film um and and yeah the direction and some stuff in it and there's some stuff that i like but i don't really like as part of the movie that takes me out of it but i'm still like all right that's cute but we'll get into it
0: yeah, we'll do a whole, a whole deep dive. It's because it's very interesting. But the, the next thing we got to do is we got to learn about the dude. We got to learn about J. Lars, the man Jay himself, Larson. Jay Lars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Epic. We have a great way of doing that here on this podcast, Brittany. And it's uh, it, you're not gonna hear the next thing that the audience is gonna hear. But I want you to know <laughs> it sounds really cool.
2: <laughs> Scott Pedia.
0: <laughs> There it was, the Scotipedia stinger.
3: Scottopedia this shit. I'm Media. gonna
1: talk to you a little bit about Jonathan Larson. Uh hey. we're gonna do a, a general thing and then we'll uh we'll we'll talk more about him. Okay. Jonathan David Larson was born oh. on February fourth, nineteen sixty. He is an American composer, lyricist, and playwright. Like yes, he is. True. Uh Larson was born in Mount Vernon, New York, just like George Washington.
2: Hey, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> to uh, Nanette, nay, his mother's last maiden last name is awesome. It is, let me get this right, Notarius. No. Notarius, Ooh. Like it's sexy. Right? Yeah. Notarius nanette. Uh that's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. You just wrote your poems there, <laughs> CJ. Um pretty much. <laughs> His father was named Allison Larson, and they were originally from uh White Plains, uh, New York. His family was Jewish. Uh at a very early age, Larson played trumpet and tuba. So Bailey, did I. Do you play you play tuba. Cuba. He I sang. tuba you, and us. trumpet
0: and French horn and flugelhorn Well, and then, he,
1: well, then what, cool. check this out. He also sang in his school choir. Didn't you I sing did in too. your school choir? Yeah, you did. Yeah, we're basically the same. Bailey, and are to, And Larson? to piano lessons, yes. <laughs> you are Jonathan Larson.
3: Uh, no. You're also <laughs> the rebirth that. of Beckett, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's
0: more accurate, I think. It's uh, 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 <laughs> <yeah,
1: that's> fine. <laughs> um, I can't wait for you to handle that French resistance stuff there, buddy. Oh, I guess. Like Samuel Beckett. <laughs> like crazy. Uh, Larson attended White Plains High School, where he was also involved in acting, performing in lead roles in various productions, and graduating in 1978. It was a great year, 1978. I think that was the year Grease came, came, came out. for
0: wine.
2: Grease
1: came out in 1978. There we go. Callback. Uh, Oh, he, had, okay. he had a sister named Julie. Uh, Larson then attended Adelphi University in Garden City, New York, with a four-year scholarship as an acting major, in addition to performing in numerous plays in musical theater, graduating in 1982 with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. During his college years, he began music com- composition, composing music first for small student productions collect, uh, called cabarets, which I yes that's what wow I pulled that uh, and I did I did not edit that right I did not I did not put that together well where's, where's fine, my assistant fine. damn it gene gene can we, can we note it in the log that can gene can we needs to be please fired? note it in the log that uh, gene needs to be somebody's fired.
3: getting paid to do this the dossier
1: Ooh. I paid is gene $35,000 a year
4: Oh out God. Of here. That's not a lot of money. <laughs> He's not living He
1: works four hours a week, and he messed it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. But uh, he later uh, he wrote the score to a musical entitled uh, "The Book of Good Love," written by the department head Jacques Burdick, who was also Larson's college mentor. As a student at Adelphi University, Larson co-wrote. Uh, I'm going to try and get this right. Sacramoralanority. Sacramoralanority. Which was a a Brechtian themed cabaret musical and his first musical. Uh, He co wrote that with a gentleman named David Glenn Armstrong. I read that
0: and it sounds kind of interesting because it sounds like it's kind of like Weimar era cabaret style. Right. mm. Like Like, very. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Which was kind of going through uh, its retro cycle yeah, at that point in the was. 80s too so that's kind of cool For sure. um after larson and armstrong graduated 1982 they renamed it thank god to saved, exclamation point, an immoral musical <laughs> on the moral majority, uh, cool. which is All a great, right. yeah, great hookup. Great, hook great title, great title. Yeah. Uh, in 1983, Larson uh, planned to write a musical adaptation of George Orwell's book 1984, which he planned to get produced in the year 1984. Unfortunately, cool? there were about 20,000 others <laughs> exact yeah. um, yeah. uh, things. So the Orwell estate said, no, we're just, no, we're not. Not gonna do that. Yeah, so. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah.
0: It makes perfect sense. But yeah,
1: yeah. everyone Let had the same idea. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone was doing it. Uh, Larson um, uh, then began uh, the process of adapting his work on 1984 into a futuristic story of his own, entitled Superbia. Uh, yes. Next up was Tick, Tick, Boom. We'll get into that. Uh, Larson's strongest musical theater influence, uh, as Brittany stated, was Stephen Sondheim, with whom he corresponded and to whom he occasionally submitted his work for review. Larson would go on NBD. to win, yeah, right, <laughs> NBD. Uh, <laughs> nice Larson thing. would go on to win the Stephen Sondheim Award, which I think is some of the coolest poetry in his story. Uh, then we yeah. have Rent, and we'll get into Rent next week. We got a lot to say about Rent. Um, but Larson died at his home in the early mornings of January 25th, 1996, 10 days before his Oof. 36th birthday and the, uh, the day of the first off-Broadway preview performance of rent. Um, well and I
3: read that he was misdiagnosed, legendary. right? Like he yeah. went to two yeah, hospitals. Yeah there was he wasn't a whole
1: malpractice well. lawsuit that was settled and mm-hmm. yeah, they just didn't identify the problem. Um, I should also ashamed. say, after his death, Larson's family and friends started the Jonathan Larson Performing Arts Foundation to provide monetary grants to artists, especially musical theater composers and writers, to support their creative work. Yep. Yeah. And that's Scottopedia yep. for this week, for this episode. Yeah, thank you. Good
0: times. Yeah, it's, you know, that performance is, and I bet we'll talk way more about it in our rent episode, but it is just the most legendary, like, Three theater story right it's sort Isn't of it? just we all know it and I, I didn't learn it till later till like in college but now it's it sticks in my mind forever of like well that's why rent is what it is in some yeah. ways you know and it's just it's sad and it's it it's kind of much like sarah kane who we've we've covered on this podcast just we've lost and as you said Brittany, we've lost so much future work that could have been so profound right um, yeah. and we're only getting sophomoric um yeah. not, not sophomoric yeah. they're not sophomoric but we're getting sophomore efforts right we're getting mm-hmm. early drafts of even rent wasn't finished it was in previews nope. it was off broadway it wasn't you right. know like so it's just incredible what things could have been and i think that's what's most excited about covering him
3: well mm-hmm. and even just the lore around his dying like i yes. i vaguely remember someone saying to me like i was like oh he died before rent opened how did he die and someone was like he choked on a turkey sandwich uh, oh yeah like, what? just my <laughs> oh, like,
1: those yeah those yeah, no. they, they used to say that no. about mama Cass too that she you know, right, oh joke. yeah right that's the joke yeah yeah but the
0: the the other thing about that was like so many people also because of rent there's this whole group of people who like like I feel like so many people think he died of AIDS sure like, oh, yeah. really? I, I bet most people oh, yeah. would yeah. say that who aren't oh, in our circles. Sense. Well, that
1: and, and I right. I have to confess, too, that early on, as as Rent was blowing up and like I said, hearing that cast recording, uh, but hearing the story about him first and then not having access to any of his work, really, at that point, I think you could find yeah. like bootlegs, you know, in record stores. but. Uh, uh, stuff, but not outside of New York, like who would, yeah. who would have gone. And I remember that that story blowing up was just so like, you felt it through your, your belly. Cause I was, I can't remember how old I was, but like you, you were doing, you're doing shows and you're thinking about opening night and opening nights, just a few days away. And then what would happen? And if what's you, coming next and <laughs> what's coming next and how big is this going to be? And, you know, you sort of, heard these tricklings Mm. of the story coming out of New York. And I think that that added to his legend and, and the profundity of his, of his, of his work.
4: Absolutely.
0: I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. So let's get into tick tick. Uh, We talked, you, you brought up superbia. Uh Um, I've, I've never got into that. I've never read it. I don't know much about it. Uh, CJ, you, you said you kind of know what it's about. I know the vague plot.
3: Well, I yeah, I mean, I have a vague plot too. But it's funny because um, it's it's interesting how prescient and future telling it was because it's about people addicted to their screens, staring at celebrities oh, and the TV yeah. shows they've made about themselves. That's so amazing. it's it
0: does seem a little on the nose in terms of the themes he's doing in Tick, Tick, and Rent. Sure. It's like a little bit like because it's about like the ins and the outs. And the outs aren't allowed to make art, but they have to consume the art of the ins constantly, mm-hmm. or like whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm sort of like, okay, it sounds like a very like literal version of what he ends up just exploring in the, these next two mm-hmm. pieces.
1: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. I I had a sense, and and this is kind of my take on him, and um, kind of my thesis of tick tick boom. So I'll I'll go ahead and jump on it. But you, you look at, at that early work and it's like these, it's this, this huge idea project you can, you know, you, yeah. the one he did in college. And, and then he's, he's like, I'm going to write a musical about 1984. And it's this huge thing. And then he's, you know, turns it into superbia and then, you know, he's doing cabaret and all that. And I think that, you know, he's struggling to make it, he's tr- struggling to, to, to be found. And so I think that the, for me, what's interesting about Tick, Tick now is that I kind of think that it was his, his moment of groundedness where he, he went back to s- simplicity and that is telling like your this. own story, telling what you know, mm-hmm. telling what you experienced instead of <laughs> trying to tackle Orwell, exactly, you know? Exactly, And, Which, that, and, and then it works for him. Right. Or, law or, law or law yeah. law you know, but I think he had to do this before he could try and do that again. He had to kind of get small right. and get intimate, and even if that was, you know, because this is originally conceived as a rock monologue, quote right. and quote, uh, and and then is expanded after he passes. Right? That's when they, that's when they went to the what's his name, the playwright, and asked him to yeah yeah to the yeah three,
0: right exactly but so basically it, it starts out in 1991 he it's an autobiograph biographical rock monologue so it's him at a piano singing about writing superbia right. that's it and how it fails that's the story it's just him sitting there singing these songs it was called 3090 which is the name of the opening that's song right, which that's right is maybe yeah. one of my favorite opening so receivers. epic oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. great just gets you in it right away you're just like oh okay i know that this guy is a good songwriter and i can care (laughs) about the story about him right this this straight white man trying to make it in new york i can i can watch this because this song rocks you know (laughs) like he 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 can back it up right away um but then it was renamed boho days also a solid name Mm -hmm. would Uh have been fine that's cool uh but then he finally titles it tick tick boom um and it was just him and a piano. And then it grew into him having a rock band behind him. Right. Which is pretty cool, but it's just all about his rejection feelings after the disappointment of, of superbia. And uh, then, so,
1: then just, just to acknowledge that band, that band went on to do all of the rent workshops. And I think most of them were yeah. in the band. This of is his the off Broadway. Yeah, that was exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. And they helped him orchestrate a lot of, of tick, tick and rent, I believe. Um, but after he passes, the work was reworked into a stage musical for three people by David Auburn. That's, who's that's a playwright we should remember. probably cover at some right, point. Right, yes yes,
1: yes. yes, yes. Yeah. He did uh, Proof, right?
0: Is that Auburn? That sounds right. Someone yeah, look right. it up. I'm looking but, it, up. Look it yeah, up.
4: It's David Auburn. Oh, so, it is David Auburn? Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Stephen Aramis uh, does the arranging and sort of does a musical direction of the first uh, production of it. Um, and it premieres off-Broadway in 2001. So 10 years later from when it was originally uh, performed as a monologue, it finally gets to be uh, – because uh, he passes in 96. Is that correct? Right, right. right yeah. So, even five years after he's passed um and then it's it's also been done on the west and it's been it obviously there's the movie now on netflix directed by lin-manuel miranda uh, but the original um production had Raul Baraza, who is broadway royalty i mean he's company he's, yeah he is now i, I mean well, <laughs> yeah. right, absolutely that's real i used to listen to um uh uh being alive a lot uh. on loop It was one of my early audition songs uh. but i this soundtrack was huge for me once i found it and he rocks
4: Yeah, he rocks
0: does. on this and it's so interesting to hear him sing like pop rock and then listen to being alive
4: yeah yeah um, interesting
0: lynn Manuel actually played it uh as well in the three-person version uh i think it was just in it in at some regional theater i don't think it was actually a um uh, Off Broadway production or anything like that, but it's kind of interesting. So he he really loved this piece, and that's why he ends up uh, directing it. But I want to hear sort of I want to hear your takes on this. I want to hear some favorite songs, uh, anything like that. Like let, let's get into it. Tick tick,
1: go. go. <laughs> Brittany, do it.
4: All right. So I think um, one of the first songs I was kind of obsessed with, other than Come Your Senses. Uh, was green green dress, mm. um, oh, yeah. and just, just it, how I just thought it was clever, and and how many times have we all had that conversation when when you're trying to basically apologize for yourself and you're trying to <laughs> get your you're trying to get your point across, and then the other person's trying to get their their point across, and it I don't know it just I just love everything about it, and I love that he talks about you know. Buttoning every button on, you know, the green green dress, and just the uh, the harmonies in between, and how I, I don't, I just, mm-hmm. uh, it just has always been such a fun and challenging as hell song <laughs> to sing. True, um, because you know Spangler is a belt, and yeah. she just puts it right in her face,
0: it, I was right about in to
4: her mouth, yeah. Idina. Oh my goodness. And yeah. she just is so it's she just says it's so good about that. Um and it's so hard. Yes. yes. And she's just yeah. right there. Yeah. And every time I remember being, you know, in college and listening and trying to mimic it, I'm just like, I am not this this lady is crazy. And um <laughs> but I just I just love the the simplicity of it, but also uh just the flirting the flirting. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, it's just, especially right off the bat. So you get thirty ninety, and then you get green, green dress and you're just like, okay, I don't know what's <laughs> happening after this, but I'm all for it. Yep. Well, um... And it's,
1: it's, it, it, you're absolutely right. I agree with you a hundred percent because
2: mm-hmm.
4: I
1: think it's one of the great challenges for, for any writer in it, it, that is establishing a relationship. And then, then you got to move away from it a bit. So everything's got to hang on five minutes. Um, it's, it, 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 I hate to bring up Star Wars, but Star Wars does that. Ex- <laughs> no, original. you don't. Any? I hate, not. Not. Okay, I hate okay, to bring, okay. up, I don't don't hate bring it. up Star Wars. But anytime. he does it, he, but they do it extraordinarily well within two and a half minutes of screen time. You are with Luke, Leia and Han, like nobody, like you are rooting for right. them. And it's cause he just sets it up. Cause it's banter, 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 banter. Oh, we all know where we stand. Like, and you go from there. And so he does that exceptionally well. With that song i agree i really agree
0: i think my favorite song is therapy yeah, uh, i was gonna bring that, that one yeah. up that's uh, just it's just one of those uh, that i've so i've great. done in cabarets i've done it at, i did it at a talent show one time that's in hilarious. college like you just if you can find a great other to do it with it's so fun that's
4: key that's key it's Absolutely. key
0: that's true you got to have the chemistry you actually have yeah because if you know. don't it, it
4: just it will it's funny but it's not it as doesn't hit. it doesn't hit it as well especially yeah. you know if you don't have that then you you're just like uh, okay it's a, you know exactly uh
0: yeah green green dress obviously fantastic i th- i mean 3090 and boho are is
3: boho part of the musical yeah mm.
0: what do you mean i want
3: say yeah well i know because the cat the, so this i watched the, line, the movie boho, ho, ho. right i watched i watched the movie again which i know isn't the same as the musical and then i got a cast recording because i was like i want to listen to the correct order of songs and i want to listen to the original broadway cast and it's chunked in at the end and it's jonathan larson singing it it's not the cast Mm. singing it oh so i didn't know if it was just something like if it was a beloved song that he'd written and they decide to chunk it in the tick tick boom movie or it is an actual part of the actual musical it's from all from what
0: i know it was in the production i saw long ago in kansas city oh, okay, and it okay. was absolutely in the uh um soundtrack the Raul esperanza soundtrack just mm-hmm. as a song that i would listen mm-hmm. to all the time so it's jonathan larson sure it
3: performing it in, in the original broadway cap in in that original in the 1990 recording and i only know this because i just bought it today it's okay. it's the three cast members and then it's him it's jonathan larson doing that song and the only reason why i asked too is because it's like the next to the last song in the original cast recording but it's like the second song in the tick tick
4: boom movie interesting so like they, they switched it oh interesting. yeah
3: they and that was oh. another reason why i wanted to listen to the original cast because i was yeah. like i bet they switched stuff around oh um, sure it's very possible
0: I, but i'm unaware so i don't know that it i i loved that, that song i yeah. love that
3: song uh, and listeners
1: then, uh, uh Larson head listeners, uh, let us know uh if there's anything. There. There's oh, people yeah, screaming please. right now who are like, It wasn't in the original. That's not. <laughs> it wasn't. it. Was, it, it was. shut the fuck it was, up. It wasn't. it. then they cut it. then they put it back in. And then it got rearranged. <laughs> right. it, like, it's also like, somebody exactly. knows, very Somebody possible. knows that's the, the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody knows no, that like, that's the whole track. No, that's the thing,
0: too, know is know that it. it was probably, it might have been cut for the actual off Broadway that's very much possible. like little shop sure. had a bunch of songs that got caught f- cut for the actual off broadway run you know and then they sure. just threw it on the soundtrack for us Oh, to but hear it's it. such
2: a good song <laughs> right
0: i, I actually I it says jonathan larson but in my mind it's still Raul veraza singing mm. when i hear it in my mind mm. i could be wrong oh. i need to go re-listen to it but I do too. it could be one of those things where it's labeled incorrectly i i, I might be way off base um or not i don't know people are screaming right now i'm sorry guys <laughs> uh, the
3: quality is definitely different on if we yeah. have the same album which i'm assuming we do
1: maybe they put it uh, on there know. as a bonus track that it was an old it recording might a yeah i was had, just thinking that it might
4: have been a bonus track
3: mm-hmm. i i loved i just love that i love therapy but i also love that opening song 3090 and, 3090, and especially 3090, listening to that song on my birthday um, yeah. at a work day that ended up being way harder than I thought it was going to be. The right, lyric yeah. about they're singing happy birthday. You just want to lay down and cry because this <laughs> is the year that I've been like, nah, I don't really feel like celebrating that much. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, my
0: birthday's next week, see, I'm with you. I yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: you I go think through that, by the way. Song... And it... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Britt.
4: No. no, no, no right? I was just going to mention Louder Than Words and how um, timely. How timely that, that oh, piece yeah. is! Uh, I've been playing it a lot um, lately, just be, just because of what's going on in the world and uh, where I'm at in my own life. And I just sure. it's it's I mean it, you can't get much better than that.
1: Yeah, uh, I pretty, yeah. Agree. when art when you Asking connect with questions. art and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. I have to yeah. give a shout out to Sunday, because yeah. in retrospect, yeah. uh. that it was arrogant. But it also was like brass balls that he, yeah. right, that he was going to riff on Sondheim directly. And and yeah. of course, he's in in contact with him. But if I would have been in contact with Sondheim and writing music, I would I would be doing everything I could to not mimic him to yeah. him. But he doesn't. I don't, I don't think it's a mimic at all. I think he, he he takes it's it, a he love does, letter. It's, yeah, it's a love letter, it's a love letter. Yeah, it's in the that's, right it. Way. that's it, that's it. Absolutely,
4: is.
3: Yeah, you, you want to hear something annoying? Yeah. yeah, I had no fucking idea it was a Sondheim song, and I just love it because I'm like, that's what it's like working brunch at a restaurant
4: on a that's Sunday. What <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it reminds real. me of my in New 11 a.m. shift it's at Houston yeah. every right. Sunday, <laughs> yeah. but it's and another I mean, it's...
1: example of him personalizing stuff, becoming intimate with it, connecting with his voice is, is a as a personal connection thing and I think that's why you know that that's why it's it's such a springboard for what would happen
0: well and also because it wasn't ever meant to be anything more than a monologue to him right it if you're seeing a monologue then it is he's just referencing on purpose he mm-hmm. is he's, he's sitting there going like and all these people in New York who have seen Sunday in the park in the last few years are going to get this joke and right. diner you know? <laughs> like, and, yeah. it, and people probably were just like roaring in the audience because yeah. it was so timely. Right. And so now we're a little bit like, like it, it, we're a little removed from it. I think, unless you really know Sunday, but in the movie, which I think we should talk about next, in the in the netflix film it's it gave me the same with all the people who showed up in that number it gave me the same feels as like the end of end game when every single person is on yeah. together. <laughs> and i'm just like yeah you know it was just like royalty like just the 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 depth of, of that them. bench that was just like oh through yeah that oh whole yeah it was so cool well
4: it's also uh, a really cool snapshot yeah. of of New History, York, yeah, you know, in yeah. the 80s, <laughs> It's epic, yeah. you
1: know, yeah, mm-hmm. I have to say What'd you think that of the when movie? I what? Oh, I liked it. What would you I think of gonna, the movie? Go ahead, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I was gonna say that that moment is one of the moments say, yeah. that I love, but I don't love it in the movie, like, it takes me out just a wee bit, bit because it's it's Lin Manuel Miranda making some phone calls and getting some folks to show up, you know what I mean? Sure. Which, right sure. on, you, you, if you're Lin Manuel Miranda like that's one of the great gifts of fame is that you can make those phone calls and have people show up.
0: That's the thing. I think it I think it works because also most people most people don't know any of those people that show up. Right. So it's only masturbatory to us. But <laughs> it's the right kind of masturbation. Oh, I don't I don't, I, mean? like, ma- like I don't even think it's I don't even think it's
1: masturbatory. I think it's a little bit well, I, I think it's more showy and spectacly and yeah, yeah. I think in the context of the film as a whole, uh, I, I like the intimacy of it. So the, it just it was just one of those weird things that I'm like, I, I felt like kind of the same way, Bailey, like, oh, man, he's and I'm like, oh, but does this work? And then I'm finding that I'm thinking of it and I'm taken out of the movie for a moment, which I should say, I think is for me, it's so hard. But for the great accomplishment for the film in a lot of ways is that I am in it. Like, I'm, I'm not mm. distracted throughout it. I'm absorbed into it in ways that uh, sometimes don't happen with musical films for me. And Garfield
0: is phenomenal. We talk a lot of, on the podcast about, like... Or CJ, you know, really is passionate about like why cast famous people when you could cast actual theater people. Kind but Garfield of thing.
3: knocks it out of the park. I but he does, and I think and that he's a the theater
0: whole...
1: kid, and he's also a theater he person. He's he wasn't much of a singer,
0: on. right? But he, but this was his his crossover into musical theater for real. But he, with Angels in America and all that other kind of stuff, like he's already at home in the theater world. I just. I think that's what everybody wants, like, Into the Woods to be. They're like, and then, and then Meryl Streep and James Corden will be the best baker and witch you've oh. ever seen. Movie, oh, oh no, you... we, we oh. liked it too. No, we liked I it heard... too, but, oh, good. <laughs> we, but we were talking about like, but what if it had been Bernadette instead of Meryl? What yeah. if it had yeah. been, you know, just little things like that, where it just like, we would have maybe loved it just even a little bit more kind of thing so it's just an interesting piece but something I I I wanted to talk about about the movie because I also really loved the movie but my first thought after it was a little bit like as someone who loves it separately from Rent I do feel like unfortunately this ends up being kind of a prequel to Rent the yeah. movie the sure. musical does not But he, Lin Manuel gets really heavy-handed in the like relations to Rent and like the little you know having someone call someone pooky even though that's not really in the yeah. I was going
3: to ask if they dropped so many Rent hints like it's not in the original self-referential.
0: No, it's not because Tick Tick is before Rent, so
4: well, kind of wish he didn't do that. Yeah. Right. And no.
0: (laughs) And in Rent, he's not referencing Tick Tick. There's nothing like that. This is all Lynn.
4: It's a separate story. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: this is Lynn being like, and we all know what happens later. Right. And it kind of sucks because because Larson is kind of a difficult dude to like. Yeah. And Lynn is kind of a difficult dude to like if we're being really right. Very. And and it's it's and this movie actually does a great job of of showing that.
1: Yeah, okay. that that yeah, it, it's it's um, it was a brave thing because he could have gone in the other direction and yeah. lionized him, and that he right. doesn't, and that he shows him as as a dude in his mid thirties who's a struggling, complicated dude, a compl- no, struggling,
3: turning
0: thirty, who's struggling, but also right. like is like actively. Uh, uh, antagonizing his friend who, by the way, is dying of AIDS, but he is he, antagonizing his friend for getting a real job as if he's like selling out and giving up, which is my little bit of problem with rent, which we'll get into next mm-hmm. week, but even though I love rent. Um But that's like my one little thing where I just like, as someone who has a salary in the theater world, it's hard to watch that movie now because I'm like, you could do it though you could do it <laughs> like you could just do it instead of waiting for somebody to pick up your work you could be out there like networking and doing it i don't know okay we'll get into that i'm 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 diatriping <laughs> but i don't like that the film is using his later work to inform his earlier work does I that make that. sense Because yeah. it's yes. not it's yeah. he's not in the same brain space when he's writing rants. at all right not. no no and it's <clears throat> it, the way it um, comes that's the piece to him of the and movie and i
1: don't love that. yeah yeah yeah, you know um we're also talking about uh you know a debut directorial effort um on film anyway for for lin-manuel and but you know yeah he's got some of those things some little overreaches some little you know uh tonal digressions that don't fully work for me but but
0: also pretty genius casting vanessa oh Hudson yeah Joshua and it's, Henry. it's like, a it's... good
1: looking film he moves the camera well he frames shots well and yeah. that's not easy to do for a musical as a first-time director like that's what i was so impressed with was that he had clearly done his research like he clearly understood um what he was doing i mean <laughs> what the fuck am i saying lin-manuel miranda's maybe smarter than me I guess maybe, I <laughs> don't know. Brittany,
4: what what do you do you, well,
1: what's your take on the film?
4: Um, I actually chose not to see it.
2: Wow. Oh, interesting. Um,
4: I, I tend to do that a lot when it comes to movie musicals. I had to see Rent and I saw Rent uh, in the movie theater and the Dollar Movie Theater in Irvine when I was in college. At Thirty times uh, we acted <laughs> the whole thing out, um, and we danced "Lovey M in the movie theater with everybody that was in the movie theater. It was that epic. Cool. Yeah, it was I it love was wonderful. I love we did it, it every night, every single night for like a solid two or three weeks. Um, but I purposely try not to because I just I I love that uh, more people are being exposed to the the, the piece. But I am a little bit of a purist and a real and when it comes to theater uh, being made into film and I kind of stay away unless it's something I just cannot not see there is rent for me I I I would
0: only push to recommend this if I felt like this movie didn't do the thing I just described Hmm. because everything else about it really rocks and feels like a a legitimate uh, version of that show I love and that soundtrack I love on screen oh excellent but that, but what I was just talking about does, I think maybe make it not worth seeing if you are a purist. Like it, it just kind of diminishes it in a way that I don't.
4: And I yeah. think I'm also waiting to see it on stage. Yeah. And to oh, see it yeah. well on stage. Um, and I, yeah. think, I think I'm think i just, I just want to see it and and really hear the dialogue and the whole bit and, and see all the theater magic and stuff like that before right. I go and and become kind of custom accustomed to seeing it on on film yeah. and that's kind of what i i kind of did it backwards so i didn't actually end up doing rent until much later on in my career and i you know like as, as i mentioned i did the same uh, track twice which is uh the seasons of love soloist yes. joanne's mom and the yes. whole bit so uh and the bag lady you know yeah. so i ended up seeing the film and then then going into and seeing the the broadway version and stuff like that and and I just kind of wanted to kind of stay away from it until I was able to actually see it on stage somebody do it please somebody do it <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right like
4: Fine. goodness do it
0: <laughs> you know I think something well I'll save this I'll save this take for the rent episode but something I don't love about rent productions. Now, sometimes is that they feel like they have to just do the original thing that happened because of the legendary night sure. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Sure. Um, and so I'll talk about that a little bit more on the episode. But, uh, you know, but back to the, the Tick Tick movie, I do want to mention um, an actor that I have loved seen grow and, and and the fact that he got this role made me s- so happy uh robin de jesus does anybody yep. know who that mm-hmm, is Yeah. Okay. so he plays he... michael in yeah. the film oh yeah. Um, yeah and he's mm-hmm. phenomenal he's really in the good movie. uh so good. but i fell in love with robin uh in the movie camp
2: oh yeah. In the movie camp. yeah
0: yeah oh no so you've
1: mentioned this to me i, I have i have
0: in 2003 there's a movie called camp uh that is about a bunch of kids going to theater camp Mm -hmm. and it is not only terrible but also amazing (laughs) sondheim is in it uh anna kendrick is in it but she's like 12. (laughs) um no one else in it like goes anywhere does anything except him he's the only other one and at the opening of the movie, they sing this gospel number called uh, um, uh, Brother, Sister. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Brother, Sister, da, 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 that thing. And they um, – how shall, how shall I See You Through My Tears? That's what mm. the name of the song is. And they sing it, and through them singing that to each other, it tell it shows in montage the story of a young man played by Robin – Going to his prom and drag and getting beaten by a bunch of right. kids, and Aww. the teachers like watching it happen and allowing it. It's, and it's
4: yeah, it's, it's an just, epic it's opening
0: crazy. to a movie that ends up being cheesy and terrible. But you're just like, whoa! And I fell like in love with this guy. Like he's just absolutely incredible. And then the last time I saw him, he popped up in um the Boys in the Band, which he was uh,
4: also in Lacage. He was in Lacage and in the Heights as well.
0: No yeah. way. Oh, cool. So he did a bunch of theater.
4: Yes. I think um, he even got a couple of Tony Award nominations.
0: Word. Good. Yeah. So he's had a mm-hmm. career. He's done it oh, for yeah. real. Oh, but yeah. he, he, he also does Boys in the Band on on Broadway and then he gets in uh, he's in the movie. Yeah. So he's actually he, he plays the same role, Emory, in Boys in the Band. He's fantastic in that. Great movie. If people haven't seen it, check it out. I think it's on HBO right now. Um uh but but then he finally gets this part in Tick, Tick Boom and I was just so happy to see him there. Uh Alexander Ship is really fantastic um anyone else y'all want to sh- shout so it's so out? funny i
4: have a sp- uh, special story about that
0: yeah Ooh. about camp
4: so okay okay <laughs> uh, so my first angel tony melson was actually in camp
2: <laughs> oh wow <laughs> but,
4: yeah he was actually in it i don't i don't even remember uh what the role he played I'm gonna tell but you. um i remember he he was telling us when we were i think we were just getting ready and like getting costumes stuff like that and he was saying that he that he was in camp uh, years ago and um he's you guys i want you guys to watch my film and blah 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 you know it's like and it's just hilarious how small the theater world is because he's he was my very first angel and ha- actually helped Aww. make me fall in love with the character who's Still my absolute favorite character out of everybody. Aww. Um so it's just funny how that the small little small little world things is <laughs> it's like camp. Oh my gosh.
0: Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Yeah. What was his name again?
4: Tony Melson, M E L S O N. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> hey Tony. Hey, Tony,
0: shout, out. shout out. Shout out. Well, good times y'all. Like is there anything else we want to say about Tick Tick? Next time, we'll get a little deeper into Larson and some of the other stuff he worked on, and we'll talk Rent, the big one. Uh, but is there anything Tick Tick Boom related y'all want to shout out?
3: I think something that hit me this last time through was, I mean, first time watching the movie, I was just in I was just digesting it and watching it and seeing it all for the first time. And then this next time through that I watched it and listening to the musical as well, it really is like, cause I've had people tell me like, Oh, Jonathan Larson, he was so full of himself and said he was the next great writer of musicals and blah, blah, blah. And it just, the whole musical reminds me of how we all get as artists. we get wrapped up in our own minutia and our own shit and it makes us forget about relationships it makes us think that we have it harder than other people and then there's that beautiful turnaround while it's painful but there's that beautiful turnaround at the end where he's like i've been a selfish jerk yeah and then tries to make the better of it and so i really dig i dig that um that that turnaround at the ending and i dig i mean the other stuff that i think it it gets really well of how we procrastinate some of the most important projects that we have coming up like i can talk myself out of doing anything good for myself artistically yeah and and that really hit me this time
2: yeah
0: i can feel his frustration um as someone who wants to always be working on a project which i know a lot i'm sure all the three of you are like this too i want to always be working on a project the problem is i'll tell somebody i want to work on something they'll say that's a great idea let's work on it we'll do one collab meeting and then i push for more and then it never happens right right yeah and i do feel like at some point it just becomes like okay well then i guess i'll be a writer and go write my own shit and that's sort of what he did is you know he was an actor and he wanted to make stuff and he was collaborating with people and at some point he was just like you know what no one wants to see my shit nobody wants to buy my shit nobody wants to actually work constantly on something fuck all of you i'm gonna write tick tick boom
4: that's right
0: yeah and that's why i love this (laughs) musical
2: (laughs) because
0: there are times where i feel like i need to just do that Where i'm just like nobody nobody actually wants to collaborate okay cool i'll just make something right um but this podcast has made it easier to not feel that way so thanks for that
1: (laughs) no and and guilty as charged going both ways on on that you're you're absolutely right how many things that i have hanging and like i I felt so good because last week i finally like started this next project that uh you know is you know gonna wrap a lot of my time and energy and i've been working on it for two years like for yeah. 2 years this thing has been floating and finally like it's like oh i get to do this thing and um but i'm with you and like the number of like the number of times that i've said oh we should work on this or uh if somebody's asked me i'm like yeah and yeah and i think again <laughs> going back to 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 my thesis about tick tick boom i think that that revelation becomes so clear it's so clear in the music and in the lyrics that he's, he's connected and dealing with his shit a little yeah. bit and evolving a little bit as a human. And you can't evolve as an artist, unless you evolve as a human.
0: Brittany, do you have a final word on, on tick tick?
4: Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the best things about the entire piece is you feel Larson's excitement and just being mm. able to create and how special that is and how you know how we've mentioned and how consuming it can be and how you can get wrapped up in your own stuff and all that but i think you can feel his tenacity yeah. um and i think a lot of people mistake that for being him him being full of himself or him being but to me it's just it's that ultimate artist drive to make something and to make an impact on yeah. the world, um, and to share a part of the light that you have with others, and I think that's why I love the man so much. It's because, and I respect him, because he just has always, um, I just nothing but that that tenacity, that that you know that that drive to try and create art to make a difference. And I think that's the reason why all of us, you know, want to do it. You know, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Oh,
0: hopefully. You know? yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but,
4: but I think that's that's the beauty about, about him as, as, you know, of course, we don't know him personally, but you, you get to know a composer by the work, um, yeah. as you as you all know. So, and I agree. It, do, yeah. it
0: does feel like he's never trying to get the applause. He's trying to get thought out there. He's trying connect. to connect. And to, yeah, and that to me is that's what it. makes an artist. Um, good times, y'all. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining us, Brittany. We'll we'll see you next time. I
4: appreciate you guys. We're going to
0: do a full rent discussion, which I know you'll have some takes on. So I'm pumped about that. (laughs) Hearts all around. Um, But thank you, listeners, for joining us for part one of two of Pod Podcast. The works of Jonathan Larson. Uh, after uh, Larson, we're gonna do an end stuff, which is a Scott pick. Scott, have you decided what that is? You got anything?
1: No, I'll announce on our reg episode. Beautiful. I'll it. I've got a list. I've got a list, and I Can't don't want to be mean to CJ. So, uh,
3: <laughs>
1: so we won't be doing Joe Durasky round two. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's season nine. If <laughs> oh.
3: I'll be dead by then, I'll be dead before yeah. we do. No, it's only your again. birthday. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, happy birthday, CJ! Thank yes. Love you happy deeply, birthday, dear, yeah. dear. It's been dear so brand. fun doing yeah. this two years of, or th- almost three my years bench. of podcasting yeah. with you. You're yeah. my bench, Brittany. <laughs> 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 uh, but then after this, our next mini series—should we announce what that is? I yeah, guess we we've
2: been—we've
3: been we
0: Yeah. What is it?
3: It's Maddox. Maddox.
0: Maddox our Pennington. Winner. So this is somebody who won our fringe award the theater theater playwright award we're gonna do an entire episode on some of their other plays as well including love chicken the winner of our award um we're so pumped about that and then after that another earn stuff and then another playwright so stay with us and we'll we'll see you then we love you
3: do y'all have questions or comments or compliments? You can reach out to us via email, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. No Scott? compliments,
0: though. No compliments. All compliments. None All compliments. of them. Insults
1: only.
4: Help us out here.
1: <laughs> Thank you, CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme song. Our theme song's better than your theme song. It's yeah. true. And you'll just have to deal with it. Eat it. Uh, he also writes all of our stingers. He's an amazing human being. We love Ryan. Uh, also, big shout out to Pamela Quinn. Pam Quinn, who was our guest last he week. Cute. And who's written a, a very special very exciting Jonathan Larson song, which Can't you are wait. about to hear. Uh, so stay tuned at the end of this for a, an original song. And finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, Annie Baker, who writes every single one of hey, our episodes.
0: Y- yeah. I'm going to stop interrupting you uh, uh, during the oh, Annie Baker Bailey, part. Oh, Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. What?
3: Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. No, that's CJ, okay.
1: CJ, CJ, CJ. <laughs> what? <laughs> Annie Baker you don't writes, get the bit, listener. It's uh, Annie Baker. It's we're, Annie doing Baker. Annie Baker. <laughs> we're doing Annie <laughs> okay. Baker. We're doing Annie Baker. Annie Baker writes every single one of our episodes and doesn't even know it. And one day, Annie Baker, we're going to buy you a beer. Woo! Yes, it's true.
0: Uh, rate, subscribe, review, all the things that really does help. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Brittany. Yeah,
2: thanks, nice,
0: Brittany. You. Thanks for having me.
1: Brittany Love you. <laughs> yeah. Lord <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: mercy.
0: I got a license to kill to kill wow. And you know I'm going Ay. straight for your height. Wow. I got a license to kill to Bang anyone it anyone who tries to tear a supper. You apart. better a I'm just saying. I've been listening to a lot of Bond recently, y'all. I know it's not a musical. Is that Tina? That's Tina, right? It's Gladys. It's It's Gladys. Gladys. Gladys.
1: It's Gladys. Okay. It's one of my favorite Bonds. Mama
4: Gladys.
1: Uh, Okay. All right. Bye. Later, everybody. (laughs)
3: Colored lights, such songs before his sunset.